Next to is no stranger uh, to Tree of Life Church, and and, uh, and and this may be his first time to preach here. After it is Tree of Life Church, and uh, but we are grateful that he is with us, and he is led of the Lord. He and his family into a new uh, a new course in life, and our prayers go with them because. They have been on the evangelistic field preaching around the world, traveling and preaching, and they've blessed us many times. But, but they are now here uh, not simply to evangelize, but, but also because they are in the process of, of developing means to uh, start a church, a brand new church in the beautiful city of Chicago, Illinois. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And our prayers and our support is going to go with them. Amen. And we want Brother Rima Duncan to come tonight. And uh, he might need just a little bit more monitor uh, here as he preaches the word of the Lord. But we want him to come and share God's word and deliver his heart to us. How many are ready for the Lord to minister to you in a powerful way tonight? Glory to God. Let's give Brother Rima Duncan a hand as he comes. Bless you, sir. We're honored to have you. God bless you. One more time, let's put our hands together for the Lord tonight. Yeah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, clap him like you're thankful that he tore the veil. Oh, clap him like you're thankful, hallelujah, that he made a way, hallelujah. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you came to church tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Feel the Holy Ghost in this place. And I'm thankful for the Spirit of God moving already in this house. And uh, one more time, thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to come back to uh, uh, Tree of Life. I feel like I'm in a brand new church. Praise God. Everybody say same name, same church, different name. Kind of like when you get baptized. Praise God. Hallelujah. I look the same. Hallelujah. Praise God. But uh, as Pastor had mentioned, my family and I, we are under a support raising campaign, we call it deputation, to go into the inner city of Chicago and start a work for the kingdom of God there. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we are no more evangelists. We are now metro missionaries to the city of Chicago. And uh, you may be seated. Uh, just to give you a little bit of perspective and insight to the need uh, for more uh, churches in Chicago, there are currently uh, two English-speaking United Pentecostal churches in Chicago, and uh, there's about 2.7 million people in the inner city. Amen. So you can imagine the, the great need for more uh, truth-teaching, Bible-believing churches in the inner city of Chicago. Praise God. And uh, my family and I, we have felt a call to uh, go there to do that, break ground, and establish a work for the kingdom of God. 
Hallelujah. I do have a short video I want to play uh, just to give you a little bit more detail and insight into our vision and burden to the city. So if you can turn your attention to the overhead projection, they can go ahead and play that tonight. Praise God. With over 25 nationalities, cultures, and ethnicities, and more than 20 foreign language groups, I'd like to introduce to you an international harvest right here on American soil. There are many great things about Chicago, from its historical elements and monumental skyline to the diversity of culture and cuisine. Chicago has carved out an amazing story throughout the years. But within the last few decades, something has gone terribly wrong in the spiritual narrative. Violent crimes, social breakdown, and a rampant homelessness. Great spiritual darkness has gained control of Chicago and its inner cities. Families living below the poverty line. Children and teens giving themselves to the streets. Drug and gang activity has become the norm. The Bible tells us that righteousness exalts a nation. By establishing a strong church in this city, a spiritual upliftment will take place, exalting the city above the ruin of sin. Chicago desperately needs a voice of truth to help alter the course of its future. I believe an opportunity has come to rewrite its story. We cannot rewrite the past, but through your prayers and financial support, we can change the future of this city. We invite you to join our story today. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. So uh, I have a small table in the back that gives you a little bit of uh, an opportunity to be a part of our mission in Chicago. Back there, there are some prayer cards that you can take with you and uh, put it in your Bible, put it on your, your refrigerator with a magnet or something like that. And just uh, somewhere that you frequent, that when you see us, you can breathe a word of prayer for the city of Chicago and the God's covering the blood of Jesus to be uh, go, go before us and to cover us in protection and provision. Praise God. And also, if you would like to be a blessing to our mission financially with a one-time gift. You can make that donation there back at the table, or if you want to be an ongoing uh, blessing through a monthly partnership, you can do that through this church, and you can see Pastor Urshan or whoever uh, handles those things, uh, and they will make sure those uh, funds get to where they need to go. Praise the Lord. Everybody say amen. amen. Praise God. How many know that we, we've got to finance the work of the kingdom? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's why some churches are blessed because they give to missions. Praise the Lord. I want to, want to turn your attention to a, a scripture here today in Acts chapter 10. If you would turn there with me, Acts chapter 10, verse 1. Praise God. If you have it, say amen. You can stand if it's your custom to stand while you read the word of the Lord. The Bible says there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian Band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Everybody say he was a giver and he was a prayer warrior. The Bible says 
that he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him Cornelius calls him by name the Bible says when he looked on him he was afraid and said what is it Lord and he said unto him thy prayers everybody say his prayers and thine arms everybody say his giving his prayer and his giving are come up for a memorial before God hallelujah how about that his prayers and his giving came up for a memorial before God hallelujah I want to I uh, spend some time in the scripture tonight, and if you would help me, I'd like to uh, preach about uh, prayers never die. Somebody turn to your neighbor and tell them that. Say, your prayers never die. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands after you have said that. Lift your hands and begin to ask God to speak directly to you tonight in the name of Jesus. Have your way, Lord God. God, speak to your people, Lord Jesus. Turn on the microphone of heaven in our hearts and in our minds. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Let your voice resonate in our spirits today. In the name of Jesus, push us, Lord God. Challenge us, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Pour out your spirit in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Clap your hands one more time. Glory to God. Come on and join that clapping with a shout of praise unto God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. I feel an unction in this house tonight, and I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to do in our service. But as I've drawn your attention to this scripture, Acts chapter 10, reading from verse 1, we see there's a man in the city of Caesarea called Cornelius. This man was not just your average Joe Schmo. I mean, this man had status in the community. He was a ranking officer in the armies of Rome. Praise God. And not only was he a ranking officer, but he had command over a select group of soldiers, a regiment called the Italian Band. Now, you have to understand how significant it is that this man is being called a devout man of God. Hallelujah. You've got to understand the significance of him being a charitable donor to the work of the kingdom and also a man that had a very strong prayer life. Praise God. And now I called him a prayer warrior and I used that term kind of like a pundit because he was a warrior and he was a person that prayed. Praise God. He wasn't necessarily your person that can pray down the power of God so that miracles began to happen. Praise God. He was just concerned consistent in his communication with the spirit of God. Hallelujah. And he just happened to be a soldier. Praise God. And this man was not just a regular soldier. He was a ranking officer in the most fierce, the most savage, and the, the, the most fierce 
face of the planet at that time. Praise God. This Roman army was very vicious in their conquest. And this man was a ranking officer in that army. Meaning that to get there, he couldn't just kind of brown nose his way up the corporate ladder. He had have done some things in his career as a soldier he had to have some accomplishments to get that status and to have the respect of the soldiers that were under his command those soldiers were trained from birth to do one thing and one thing very effectively that was strike fear into the hearts of people and take lives hallelujah they were very skilled at killing people so you can imagine that this man now being a devout follower of the one god of the israelites had a very tattered path hallelujah he had something in his history that right now at this point in the scripture he would look back over and kind of regret some of the decisions that he's made to get where he is but the bible says that somehow some way he found himself serving the one god of the israelites he was not an israelite he was a gentile by birth a non-jewish man praise god and many people would kind of speculate and believe that this man was there when Jesus was on that hill Golgotha on the cross and the Bible says that there was a centurion there was a soldier that looked up as Jesus hung his head and died on the cross and after the earthquake and after the sky went black hallelujah he looked up and said surely this was the son of God hallelujah and if this man was that man his encounter at the cross caused him to abandoned everything that he was taught as a child he was taught to serve the pantheon of gods of the romans but he didn't serve mithra he didn't serve the gods that the romans served he began to serve the one true god of the israelites hallelujah and that's what will happen when you have an encounter at the cross hallelujah some things have got to change your way of walking your way of talking your family has got to change after they have an encounter yes. hallelujah so this man is beginning to develop a consistent prayer life and the Bible said visited him you got to understand how significant this is this man was non-Jewish he was not an Israelite no Israelite blood in this place is there anybody anybody that have Israelite blood ancestry.com DNA test found out you're a part of the lost tribe or something like that nobody so that means that we are all Gentiles and at this point in the scripture, the gospel of Jesus Christ was never preached to a Gentile person. As a matter of fact, the Jewish people, even the apostles, didn't even think of non-Jewish people to bring the gospel to them. They only 
it abroad in the known world and maybe, maybe we'll send evangelist Philip over to the Samaritans and give the mixed folks some gospel message so they can have some revival amongst the half-breeds. Praise God. Hallelujah. But the Bible says at this point, this man had a consistent prayer life and God was getting ready to do something that he had never done. Oh, hallelujah. Something that would change the course of history. Something that no other Jewish person would have even thought of to do because God had to speak to a man by the name of Peter and commission him to go and oh hallelujah Bible says that God visited Cornelius and the angel calls him by name hallelujah this man was raised as a heathen. Hallelujah. This man did not have the Holy Ghost. This man wasn't baptized in Jesus' name, but God knew his. Hallelujah. God knew exactly who he was and where he was. And when God was ready to transform his future, he knew exactly where to find him. Oh, hallelujah. Bible says it was at the ninth hour, which another portion of scripture says it was the hour of it was the hour of prayer. God knew where to find him when he needed to give him a word. He visited him at his hour of prayer. Oh, when he had an angelic visitation, it didn't come when he was eating dinner. It didn't come when he was doing, playing golf or doing something leisurely. Praise God. It was when he had a set time that he met with God. Oh, God said, I know where to find him. You go visit him at this place at this time. told him Cornelius calls him by name now imagine you're a Cornelius a man that is a, you're not an Israelite so you don't really fit into the social club of the new church praise God because you're still considered a unclean you know what I'm saying I'm not gonna go over to your house and eat bacon and eggs because I'm Jewish hey you know I'm not gonna go and we're not gonna have your Christmas ham we're not gonna go ahead and you know say we're not gonna and I sure ain't eat no chitlins, praise God. You know, he ain't trying to go there because Peter was a Jewish man, praise God. And you couldn't go and dine with unbelievers, praise God. You couldn't go in the same house and dine with a, oh, praise God, with a Gentile. So God visits not only Cornelius, but he had to talk to the man of God by the name of Peter. Yeah. Now, you might have mixed feelings on my man Peter, because he has some things in his history where we wouldn't really come. Come on, Pete, why are you gonna go do? You know, we would kind of look at Peter and say, well, you know, he, he's come a long way. God has brought him a mighty long way, praise God. And he gets to this point where he's having a vision and he's up in an upper room somewhere in a, a, a man named Simon. He was a tanner and the Bible says he was in this man's house and he got a vision from God. Hallelujah. It wasn't a dream. He was awake and God began to show him a vision. Praise the Lord. And he gets the same vision, not once, not twice, but three times. 
because God was trying to convey something. He said, I'm about to do something on the earth and I'm going to communicate this with a man of God and what I'm getting ready to do, people might not understand this type of revival. People might not begin to get with how you're going about, oh, hallelujah, breaking this new ground. But let me talk to you for a second because I, I, I don't just want Israelites in heaven. I want the, oh, hallelujah. When I gave you the power, he said it's going to be in Jerusalem, it's going to be in Judea, it's going to be in Samaria, Samaria, and onto the uttermost parts. Uh, he was just, just talking about geographical locations. He was talking about the different ethnicities and cultures he wanted to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But he had to speak to a man of God. Pastor, he gave him the same word three times. And while you might scoff at Pete, it's like some of us too. We don't get it the first time. Sometimes God got to speak to us the same thing multiple times. And we still, he still didn't understand the vision after the third time. Hallelujah. But God said, don't worry about trying to understand it. I got two guys over here. They're going to bring you to a place. Don't question it. Just go with them. So he said, all right, I'm not going to question. I'm just going to go with it. So he went over to Cornelius' house. When he got there, there was an audience of Cornelius, his family, the household workers, and probably some of the guards that were at Cornelius' house in this little setting kind of like a home church service praise God and Peter just began to preach the word of the Lord hallelujah they didn't call an altar call nobody began to lay hands but the Bible says before Peter even finished preaching the Bible says while he yet spake Because there were some people he didn't even know about that were so hungry. They couldn't wait for the formalities. They couldn't wait for your ritual. They want this change right now. Hey, 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 hallelujah. While he yet spake, the Holy Ghost began to fall on every one of them. Hallelujah. He steps back and says, well, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. This message wasn't just for the Jewish people. It wasn't just for the Israelite. It's for everybody. Hallelujah. He doesn't just want one culture in the kingdom. He wants all peoples, whether you're red, yellow, black, or white, whether you talk Chinese, whether you talk Ebonics, whether you talk African, Spanish, it doesn't matter where you're from and who you are. You can get some of this. Oh, hallelujah. This gospel message is just for you. It's for the drug addict, it's for the homosexual, it's for everybody, whosoever. Come on, hallelujah. It's for the crooked businessman, it's for the drug dealer on the streets, and whether you want to agree or not, it's for the pedophile too. Everybody can get some of this gospel, and when they get it, they'll be transformed forever.
Hallelujah. Come on, what kind of move of God does God want to accomplish in your life? But he's got to get you to a point where you're not looking on the outward appearance, but you're looking at what God wants to do in the inner man. Let, let, let me tell you something here about what God wants to do in this earth. Hallelujah. You know, at that point, they didn't think that the gospel message was for us. Because you're the same thing what Cornelius was. You're a non-Israelite. And so, at that point in time, there were more Jewish and Israelite Christians than anybody else. As a matter of fact, there probably weren't. I don't find an account where there were practicing uh, Jewish, uh, non-Jewish Christians. But after he gets the Holy Ghost, 2,000 years later, oh, hallelujah, you wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here if it had not been for this moment right here where Cornelius and his whole, it, it started a, a revival that would engulf the whole world, praise God. And you and I are a product of what happened in Acts chapter 10. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I tell you tonight that you're not here of your own volition? Can I tell you tonight that you're not here because you wanted to be? You are here because you're the product of somebody's prayer. You might have gotten an invite. You might have saw something online. You might have gotten a mail out or a flyer. But you're here today because somebody was praying for you. It might have been a family member. It might have been a mother. It might have been an uncle. It might have been a grandma. But somebody was praying for oh, Hallelujah. Before this church was even a thought in the founding pastor's mind, somebody prayed for Cincinnati. Somebody prayed for Montgomery. Somebody prayed for Southeast Ohio. And while they didn't know your name, they were calling this community in prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at what's happening. Imagine being Cornelius. Not one ounce of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And you have to have a prayer life. You decide to do something without even the unction and anointing to do it. Some of us pray. We, we can't pray unless we feel those goosebumps down our spine, you know. And we better feel the brush of angels' wings. No, honey, that's the AC kicking on. I, I got this prayer. Imagine having communication with God. Hallelujah. And you probably don't hear anything back. You don't feel no type of mm, quickening. You don't feel any of that. No tongues to pray in. So you got to find some words to actually say in prayer. 
and he didn't hear the gospel message so he wasn't sitting down for a half an hour saying Jesus, 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 Jesus. He didn't even have the Holy Ghost, but he had a great prayer. It'd be an indictment to, to people that are Holy Ghost filled and people in the world that don't even have the whole truth will have a bit of prayer. Hallelujah. It had to be the most boring and the most uneventful thing that he had ever done in his life. But he did it consistently. He did consistently. The Bible says it, it had to be something powerful because the Bible takes time out to mention this man and his consistency in prayer. And the Bible says when the angel came, he told him it wasn't because you had great charisma. It wasn't because you memorized the Bible or the scriptures that you had at the time. But you did something that began to build and compound upon itself so that God will not ignore what you have done hallelujah the bible says that his prayers built a memorial before god what is what do you think about that it's a memorial when you think of a memorial you think of something like a statue maybe a monument that is built in reference to point to something that has been done significantly throughout time hallelujah and that's what his prayers were doing in the presence of God. It was a point of reference to God that he can look at it and remember. Oh, hallelujah. God called it a memorial. It, he built, um, his prayers compounded so much that even though it might have been in the heart of God, he could have chose any Gentile to do it through. Hallelujah. But he said, I'm going to visit this man's house. Hallelujah. I'm going to begin to respond to this man's prayers. Hallelujah. He, he had a prayer life and probably didn't get a word from God at all. He probably didn't hear from God at all, but he was consistent in him talking to God and his compounded prayers allowed God to send an emissary to give him a word. That means he, he, he probably was praying for years. No word, no unction, consistently for years. Same place at the same time. Hallelujah. And God said, I'm going to do something that's going to rock this world through somebody that has a consistent prayer life. Somebody who spent some time in my presence built something uh, that I can't ignore. I'm, I choose to remember what he has done. Think about that. An all-knowing God would choose to remember what this man did. Well, why would he need to remember? He knows everything. The end from the beginning. It's not that he needs to remember. 
He chooses to. Because there are some things that God chooses not to remember. The Bible says when you're baptized in the name of Jesus, he said your sins I will remember no more. So if God can choose to forget some things in our lives, he can choose to remember some things in our lives. Hallelujah. And what he says I will remember is your prayer. God's not going to ask you how good you sang. God's not going to ask you, hallelujah, how much meals you gave to, to the homeless. All those things are great. He's not even going to ask me how much messages I preached. He's not going to ask me how much miracles I saw. He's not going to ask me, hallelujah, how much people I prayed through to the Holy Ghost. But you know what he will ask? He said, do I know you? Have we? I just can't remember our dialogue I can't remember our conversation hallelujah I can't remember if we have a relationship or not hallelujah and so you've got to understand the power of your voice in prayer it's not just hitting the ceiling and coming back down you're not beating the air with your words God hears every word of every prayer that you've ever prayed I wish somebody would get a burden right now, begin to lift your hands, begin to call out to the Lord and say, I'm going to rekindle something that may have gone a little dim, something that I've deemed a little bit more insignificant. I'm going to put some fire under my prayer life. Hallelujah. 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 Hold on, hold on. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Oh, your lobo sota randalaba. changed the trajectory of the evangelistic efforts of the first church by one man's prayer that didn't even have the Holy Ghost. What do you think will happen if my people who are called by my name will begin to humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways? He says, I'm going to do some monumental things in your life. I'm going to hear from heaven. I'm going to forgive your sins. I'm going to heal your land. It didn't take years for God to hear this man. God heard his prayers. The first time he prayed it. But God does one of two things we pray. And we get frustrated because we don't realize what God is doing. It's one of when you pray, 
God will answer you or he'll start working. He doesn't deny your prayer, even if you're praying for the wrong thing. He just won't say anything to you and he'll start working on something. Because he's thinking, I know what you really meant by that. But I'm going to honor your effort in spending time in my presence. And I'm going to work on something over here. It's not going to come immediately. But the day you prayed it, I began working. Hallelujah. The day you lifted your voice, I began putting something together that you really needed in your life. Because your prayers have never dissipated. Your prayers never die. And there are some of us in this place, you've given up on some things because you didn't see an immediate answer to the prayer that you prayed or you haven't really seen God move on what you needed him to move on. Instead of giving up on your voice in prayer, hallelujah, you need to begin to compound on that prayer and don't stop until God comes through. And that's usually where it gets a little bit more quiet. Because we don't want to pray for that person anymore. We don't want to pray for this situation anymore. We've been praying for a long time. We've been praying for years. But just because you didn't see a change doesn't mean you need to stop praying for it. You keep mentioning it until you see it come to pass. Because prayer is never... As a matter of fact, Tree of Life, you're going through a building program, capital campaign. You know, this, is, this is all because of one man's prayer 2,000 years ago. And it began to set into motion a chain reaction of things that he didn't even realize would begin to happen because he had a consistent prayer life. Hallelujah. And if God can do that through one man, what about a church in a city? Hallelujah. That needs God. If people begin to consistently pray on the behalf of those that need the Lord, what can God? I do through prayers you know yet we kind of kind of brush this especially here we got your thing kind of goes over your head and you're like yeah that's go over my row into uh sister so-and-so that's about 50 or 60 years old and our prayers for them but god respects the prayer of a 60 year old and a six-year-old on the same level. You know, if we really believed that, we wouldn't wait for the church to teach our children how to pray. Oh, We'll make sure they know how to get a hold of God. Hallelujah. Because what they're doing has eternal significance. It will never dissipate. It will never fade away. When they lift their voice in prayer to God, it begins to work. Because prayers never die. You realize that I, and I, I found this, uh, I heard a preacher mention it, and you know, sometimes you hear a preacher mention things, and you're like, you know, uh, that's kind of a stretch. Let me go Google that, you know what I'm saying? If you haven't already done it in the service when you were hearing it, praise God. You, you kind of go home and you Google it, you know, you, you look it up and say, Is that fact checker, you know what I'm saying? We're going to myth bust that preaching message right now in the name of Jesus. Because you're going to do all in the name of Jesus, right? Prove this preacher wrong in the name of Jesus. 
So, you know, I kind of I go in and go, you know, and I figured out that this was actually true. And I, 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 there are broadcasts and radio signals, frequencies that have gone out from, ad, from the advent of what we know as a conventional radio or even sometimes sat communications. You know, we, we, it's broadcast signals and radio frequencies and waves that go out, they don't just dissipate. Broadcasts that were gone out from the 50s, maybe, are still kind of hanging out somewhere in the atmosphere there. At times, if you're tuned in to the right frequency at the right time, you can pick up, this is actually documented that it has happened, you can pick up a broadcast that has happened decades ago and you're listening to it as if it's broadcasting live. They, they call it shortwave technology. Those waves are sent out into the atmosphere and when they reach a certain level up there, they are reflected back down to earth. Praise God. And if the antenna is tuned in to the right frequency, you can begin to take advantage of a broadcast that has happened years before you probably were even a thought in your parents' mind. Hallelujah. Do you realize that prayers work the same way? There are prayers that have gone over your life, over your family, over your ministry that you don't even realize, hallelujah, that have been prayed years before you came to this place. And if you're tuned in to the right frequency, hallelujah, you can begin to download some benefits from prayers that have been prayed. Because prayers never die. You think you're a hot shot, you're you some super Christian. No, somebody prayed you into the kingdom. And if we all are here from the product of somebody else's prayers, if more people are going to be here, mm, hallelujah. As smart as you are and as marketing savvy as you may be, it ain't going to happen that way. Praise God. You've got, yeah, you've got to pray. You've got to lift your voice and begin to broadcast a signal in the spirit and God will begin to drop. Want to see your family saved? You got to broadcast that signal. Hallelujah. You want to see some things begin to change and walls begin to fall, chains begin to be loosed. Hallelujah. Burdens and yokes being broken. You can't, it doesn't happen automatically, but you've got to pray. Hallelujah. Look at what God tells Daniel. Besides, I need to get a hold of God. So I'm going to go to prayer. Then praying. And he says, you know what? I'm going to go to the next uh, dimension. I'm not just going to pray. I'm going to fast and pray. Hallelujah. Isn't that a novel idea? You, can, you really can't feel God. You can't, you, can't, you, know, you can't get a hold of an answer of something that you're praying for. So you don't just pray. You fast and pray. That's a great idea, Dan. And the Bible says... And he altered his diet, began to eat, afflict himself. 
in order to get tuned in to the right frequency. And the Bible says on the 21st day, the angel came and showed up in response to his prayer. And this is what the angel told Daniel. He said the day, the very first day you set your heart to seek the Lord, God sent me. It didn't take 21 days to answer you. Something was trying to resist your answer. But when you lifted your voice, God began to respond to your prayers. And I got here because your prayers never die. Lift your hands in this place today. Come on, what situations you, you, you stopped praying for? Hallelujah. What thing have you given up on? Hallelujah. What person uh, have you kind of written off? Hallelujah. And said that can't happen. Uh, they can't be saved. Uh, God can't heal that. Uh, I challenge you tonight. Hallelujah. To begin to rekindle some things uh, that you may have thought uh, God has forgotten about. Uh, he hasn't forgotten about it. You just need to compound on it. Stand with me tonight. Come on, every hand lifted right now in the name of Jesus. I wish somebody would begin to lift their voice right now. Come on. You, 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 I know you believe that God can heal. I know you believe cancer is no problem for the Lord. I know you believe that God has no problem with fixing diabetes. I know you know that God can remake your body. He can remake your mind. He can remake your manners. He can remake your money. Hallelujah. I know you believe that. Hallelujah. So why have you not sought him for it? Hallelujah. You need to begin to reach out one more time. Come on, we don't need any music right now. Sorry. Hallelujah. Come on, we, we just need to lift our hands in this place. I don't want any other sound but the voices of God's people beginning to be lift up right now. Hey! Come on, we're frustrating ourselves uh, trying to accomplish things uh, in our own intellect, uh, in our own timing, uh, in our own strength. Uh, we've got a call on the Lord.
come on that baggage that you've got you've been carrying it around you carried it into your relationships you've been carrying it people don't want to be around you because of it oh the devil is a liar you can have that broken out of your life right now in the name of Jesus but you've got to rekindle your voice in prayer hallelujah you think that God doesn't care about your health you need to rekindle your voice in prayer well you say preacher I prayed already well pray again oh hallelujah I've sought God already seek him again because the sound you release with your voice in prayer will never dissipate it is doing something in the atmosphere of the spirit that will never fade away your prayers have eternal significance Come on, these altars should be much more filled than they are right now. Here's the problem. Hear me now. Here's the problem. People that love to pray. People that pray consistently jump at the opportunity to pray again I won't try to say this as nice as I can but it is a reflection of the status of your current communication with God if you can't get tapped in in a place where it's the easiest to tap in. Oh, hallelujah. Can I talk to you tonight, church? This place is the easiest place to pray. And if we can't do it here, you sure ain't doing it out there. Because that's where the enemy's gonna fight you. But you've gotta get it here. You've gotta push it here. You've gotta go beyond yourself and beyond what you've ever done before if you wanna get what you've never gotten before. Come on, somebody, grab your wife, grab your husband, grab your family, and bring them to an altar and make a recommitment today and say, We're going to be a if we don't do anything else right, we're going to be a family that knows how to pray.
Come on, I want to be a better prayer than I am a preacher. I want to be a better prayer than I am a singer. I want to pray better than I play an instrument. Hallelujah. I want to pray better than I conduct business. Hallelujah. I want to pray better than I work in my career. I've got to have a powerful I've got to engage the spirit every day I've got to call on him I've got to seek his face I've got to get him to show up Come on, this is where the power of the Holy Ghost begins to operate. Hallelujah. This is what is birth. Mm, hallelujah. Miracles begin to stem from the voices of God's people when it's lift up in communication with the Almighty. what we're doing here is nothing new this is oh hallelujah this started way back in an upper room with about 120 men and women hallelujah they were praying they were seeking the face of God and God decided to do something monumental
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, come on. Come on, we need to hear more men's voices in this house. It's time. Stop letting spiritual. It's time to stop letting the women outdo us in being prayerful. Come on. Come on, man. Hallelujah, the Bible specifically calls on you. Uh, I would that men pray everywhere. something happening in this place right now there's a wave of the power of the Holy Ghost beginning there's a witness of the Spirit beginning to visit us right now in the name of Jesus come on the gifts of the Spirit are about to be loosed in this place Hallelujah, I loose the working of miracles, the gift of healing, the gift of faith to be in operation right now in the name of Jesus. Come on church, as you lift your voice, let the unction of the Holy Ghost begin to guide your voice.
Thank you, Jesus. God says, I choose to remember what I hear right now in this atmosphere. Come on, this shouldn't be foreign. This sound shouldn't be foreign in our homes. Praise God. It shouldn't be foreign, hallelujah, at the places where we need God the most. Come on, I'm going to tell you right now, this is the number one thing the enemy is going to try to stop in your life. But if you can get it in motion here, hallelujah, you can begin to keep it going. When you leave this place, you're beginning to burn out every device of the enemy with your voice in prayer. You are in the presence of God to live and be in habitation. In
Come on, somebody. I can't promise you that your prayers are going to feel good. It, mo- it might be the most uneventful thing. It might be the most boring thing. But it will be the most powerful thing you've ever done in your life. Come on, that's right. I like what I see. I see I see some parents laying hands on their children. Hallelujah. Come on, that's where they need to learn how to pray. They need to hear your voice continually. Come on, let them hear you in prayer. Hallelujah. That's the sound. Come on, those of you that are seated, if you can just reach over to somebody, if they're your family member or somebody that you you feel comfortable laying hands on, go ahead and lay hands on that person next to you and begin to pray over them. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 